0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the What the What podcast. I am your host, Eric and Joining me on the couch today, he is the Scotty Pippen to my Dennis Rodman. No, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. No, I would be Luke Longley. I think. I don't know. I don't I know. Let you take. This Michael is Jordan. Kyle Whitley. Yeah. I
1: always like Scotty Pippen. So I would I gladly think, take him. I
0: think Ashby's probably our Michael Jordan. That's true. That about
1: it. Ashby's Michael Jordan. I
0: feel like I'm coming off the bench. Maybe Bill Laimbeer. That'd be good too, <laughs> Bill Cartwright. Bill Cartwright, he met Lambier played for the Pistons, not the Bulls. So that's true. Yeah,
1: I'm trying to think. Luke Longley's the next one that comes to mind after Ooh, Dennis. Rodman. BJ
0: Armstrong. Mm. There you go. There's a '90s Bulls player for you. Anyway, Tony Kukoc. Yeah, Kukoc. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I don't know if you're a Kukoc kind of guy. I don't know. Um, Jordan and Pippen hated Kukoc. So <laughs> that, that does that fit? with... Maybe maybe <laughs> does this episode seem a little loose so far
1: yes you know yes. why we don't have Ashby Ashby the brain brain is not here is that her nickname now yeah Ashby the brain brain wow or Ashby the brain Heenan. heenan what Ashby the brain heenan
0: oh because of Bobby Heenan the brain the heenan. brain Bobby she's heenan. the brain so <laughs> I don't know if she would that Nick she would want that nickname I'd... well she's not here so that's okay. So it's a little loose because she's not here. on loose
1: episodes. We give her new nicknames.
0: Okay. That's the rule. That's the we've new established rule. the rule.
1: Anytime Ashby's not here, she gets a random nickname.
0: We really need to lock her down to like a long-term contract. Mm-hmm. So
1: she doesn't just, so it's not just like the hopeful, like, oh, she'll be back. And then she's never back again.
0: Ashby, if you're listening, we expect you back next week. I hope so. We're talking about Marvel again. Yeah. So. Dr. Strange next week. Plus, I don't have a game on Thursday, so we can start like a normal time. A normal day. Yeah. It's the first time in a while. Because our game's on Monday. Nice. Next week. Yeah. We have a game tomorrow and a game on Monday.
1: For those of you who didn't know, Eric is also known as Coach Creech. Yes. Coaches the footballs. Yes. Well, I guess there's just one. Well, Either way. Well,
0: there's multiple. We, we switch them out between plays. Do you? Well, I mean. If, it's if, one
1: better for throwing and one better for running? No. Because that sounds like cheating.
0: I mean, no, we'll uh, we'll switch them out. Like if one gets dirty, or if one if it's raining, and playing in the mud, yeah, and the but dirt. But yeah, but you want to you want a clean ball for a clean snap.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: I don't know about all that. Plus, whenever we're on defense, the other team uses their ball. So, really, yes, we switch the balls out then. I never is that always how that's been? Pretty much, yeah. Is that how it is in NHG, Like NFL? Yeah, which they probably use a new football like every like. Time. every play or something I
1: mean, that's insane i never knew that yeah i've never yeah, been when, big into football whenever, either but i never knew that whenever
0: we go on offense we run our ball to the referee and they put the, our ball down and they throw the other team's ball to them and and they keep their ball on the sideline so that's crazy no
1: yeah. i understand the reason but it's just like i've never ever realized that in my entire life yeah i always thought it was just one ball and then you know if something happened to it then they'd put a new one in
0: yeah, I mean, that's how it works. That's crazy to me. Yeah.
1: And everybody at home that's all in sports is like, duh. It's yeah, this, always been that way.
0: Yeah, well, this is a very sports-centric episode, so I'm glad we are getting some sports talk in. Well, it is. I, I know Ashby's not a big fan of the sports ball. And, and to be fair, you're not a huge sports guy yourself unless it's like hockey.
1: In the 90s, I was, though. Yes. And I'm not even saying professional. We'll, we'll talk more. But say, like, this whole football thing we're talking about right, right now, my brain goes to Little Giants. Where it's like, I only remember them using one ball in that movie. Yes. So, and that's where my, my knowledge of football comes from, is uh, Little Giants. And, is there another one? Um, yeah, there is the Waterboy. Uh, remember the Titans. Let's <laughs> see, that's more like official. Varsity Blues? It's still official. I feel like more of like the funny kids ones is like the ones that got my
0: attention. That's it's like, funny. I understand football, but not really. You want to know how much I know about football? A lot, I'm sure. Only what I learned from watching *Remember the Titans*, which is everything. Mm. Well, I didn't everything.
1: So. It's it It showed Anytime I'd play NFL hits or Blitz with Chris Rode, I would always just be throwing the ball because running the ball took too long. As you pull out your Nintendo 64, or Nintendo Blitz. Yep. No, like that was I was horrible at that game. We're gonna th- I, I had two to three plays. I just like to throw the ball
0: at the next Joe Davis Invitational. Yes, we have to pull out NFL blitz. I will. Bring, that would make sense. I will bring out the sixty-four. and We'll have you know that be like a, a thing. Mm-hmm. You know to to earn accumulate points. You have
1: to figure out a certain thing because it'd be kind of a long thing to make somebody two people play an entire game.
0: Oh, we'll have multiple TVs. This is the oh five, we're going this, big. This is the five year anniversary of the Joe Davis Classics last That's Invitational. True. We got to make it big, and hopefully by then, I mean by then I'll have my second shot. You'll have your second shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping most. I'm not er- throwing away my shot. Yeah, I am not throwing away my shot. I remember one line from that movie, and that was it. Yes, Alexander Musical. Hamilton. Uh, two, <laughs> and Peggy. And Peggy. Three. So look um, at me, knowing more. Look than at I thought you with your Hamilton. And you're the one who came up with the Hamilton reference tonight. I did. I- you're filling the role of Ashby, the brain brain. Yes, it feels
1: weird, just because usually. We're either on Facebook Live, which we're not doing tonight. Usually, no, Ashby's sorry, Facebook. Ashby's on the phone, and it's literally just me and you sitting on your couch talking to each other with microphones.
0: And we're not even like side by side; like we have to be like. No, we're just we're, we're just relaxed. chilling on the couch. I'm literally There's a laying. game on in the background. Yeah. Duke's beating Louisville, forty-one to thirty-four. With so we're just hanging PT out, left on the half. I mean, just literally chilling for this episode. So, folks,
1: I hope you're feeling the same. I hope you're just you know. The same way that maybe you would come home, you know, I don't know about from school, but just imagine you're back in the 90s, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon, some sports game is on and you're just relaxing, Yes, watching, you know, getting some snacks, watching the TV and watching the game. Maybe it's Friday night, Saturday, I don't even know. Who knows? But maybe you're just chilling. Yes. But that made me think about
0: what we're talking about today. That's right. Well, before we get into that, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you, the listener, for joining us today. Where we want to be like Mike. Mm-hmm. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcast. And of course, rate and review us five stars. Five. Please also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram by searching What the What Media. All one word. And you can find us on Twitter at WTW underscore media. Please share this with your friends. Last week on the podcast, we discussed arguably one of the greatest high school movies of all time, Mean Girls, So Fetch. And on today's episode, we are taking a deep deep dive dive into 90s sports celebrities. Now, Kyle, um, as you put your microphone down uh, and adjusting your shorts there, uh, can you explain the idea or the concept behind this episode, 90s sports celebrities?
1: Yes, uh, I don't remember how we came up with it, I just felt like we talked about it. I
0: feel like it was Ashby's idea. Yeah, she's honestly. like, hey,
1: you guys would be great, that'd be a great day for me not to have to be around. Yes. Uh, growing up in the 90s, I think sports were just different than they are now, at least in culture. Uh, I was thinking about it my way over here, like I had to pass the baseball field and the lights were on on that field, and it just made me think, like, kids today still play sports, like they still sign up for sports. Um But I think back to that age where we had video games, where video games were starting to make a thing, you know, like a big thing. But for the most part, like, that's what we did. We got home from school. I remember getting home from school, going outside and playing basketball or, you know, hockey or whatever, you know, especially if you had a friend over, you could throw a ball or, you know, Mm -hmm. baseball or do whatever. And then even looking into the movies that we grew up watching in the 90s. I mean, you know, whereas now we have tons of, you know, superhero movies, Back then, you had tons of sports movies, yes, especially aimed at kids. Like today, you know, you have Marvel and everything else, which is amazing. You know not right get then, Wrong.
0: We had the kids' sports cinematic universe. You did, and
1: it it it's it's an wasn't amazing really connected, but no, it wasn't. But it's an amazing thing to look back on and to think about. You know, the Mighty Ducks, Space Jam, The Sandlot, Airbutt The Sandlot, The
0: Airbud, yeah, The Airbud, <laughs> um,
1: uh, Little Giants, Little Giants, uh, The Big Green, The Big Green. Uh, That's another good one. Yeah. There's tons more. I'm trying to think of all the other ones because it's going to bug me that we leave them off. There's another baseball one. Um, um, Angels in the Outfield. Rookie of the rookie
0: Year. of the Year. Um, there's just so many. Um, I mean, we had, uh, like Mike, I think that was a late 2000s yep. movie. But um, still. But still, he kind of fits for what we're talking about here.
1: And you got to think, because like, Mighty Ducks had three movies. So like, yeah. It was three Mighty Ducks movies. And Air Bud
0: still has a franchise going on. still out, going like. on. I mean, I think they're using a different dog now.
1: Yes, because they have like snow puppies and stuff yes. at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, there was the chimpanzee movies. Oh, um,
0: Ed, yeah. Well, Ed was one. Ed want, was one this of
1: was one. like uh, Primal or not? I don't remember something. But the monkey did multiple things. I remember he skateboarded in one movie. Yes, um, but still, like that's how culture was. Even like other movies, um, more grown up, more adult movies. Mm-hmm. You yeah, talk,
0: no holds barred. That's with, true. With Hulk Hogan. That's true. <laughs> you, that. uh, you had
1: that. You had. It's one of those things, because my childhood kind of all runs together, because we were kids that were born in the 80s, like, grew up in the 90s, and there's a 90s-2000 blend that kind of happens somewhere in there, that it all kind of comes together.
0: Yeah, so, I mean... I'm
1: trying to think of other movies that are sports-related, because, like, Major League is another yeah, one. Yeah, Major
0: League. Uh, Field of Dreams.
1: Field of Dreams.
0: Yeah, and that was not really a kids' movie. I mean, well, that's they, what I mean. Like, there's yeah, even...
1: Of, even in the world going on, there were sports movies happening. Yeah, the Water Boy.
0: Yeah. Uh Happy Gilmore.
1: For sure. <laughs> I mean, All these other movies that honestly
0: just price is wrong, Bobby. <laughs> it uh it it celebrated its 25th anniversary this year. I watched it um, the other day. We we should do a deep dive on it one time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of a, up on our alley. I think mm-hmm. Ashby
1: said she didn't like those type of movies. That's okay. So, once again, she'll be like, we'll, we'll give her a week your off. childhood was wrong. Well,
0: here's what we're going to have to do at some point in the mm-hmm. next few months. You're going to go off on paternity leave with yeah, sure. uh, with Erica. Mm-hmm. So, at some point in April or May, we're going to have to take a Saturday and just record a bunch of episodes to put in the can. Mm-hmm. That could be one of the ones we record, and we could just air it sometime in July. That's true. Um, or uh, June or whatever, mm-hmm. and just let it, you know, just be... One that we've had in the can. Well, that makes um, sense. So I mean, and if it's
1: not good, put it in the other can.
0: That's right. Like we did with the first Boy Meets World. <laughs> episode. Yes, sit right <laughs> beside there.
1: And Toy Story is just kind of hanging on the edge, which fall when in. When are we going to
0: redo the Toy Story episode? I, feel I don't like think we, we need to redo the Toy Story. I episode. don't know. I feel like it's more. <laughs> we need to redo the Boy Meets World episode a third time.
1: <laughs> I feel like it's better to leave both of those just where they are and just make fun of them oh. instead of trying to do a better one and just making another horrible one. I think so. if we're
0: still doing this in. in uh, in like for year five, this is we're technically going to be coming up on our third year. That's crazy. Uh, you know, June will be two years since we've done this. We, we would have hit our hundredth episode at some point over mm-hmm. the summer. Um, so in three more years, if we're still doing podcasting and we're still w- under our standards, you know, being successful, we need to go back and redo a couple of old ones just to say, okay, here, here's a, here's a deep cut for the for the long term fans. Well, I'll redoing say this: Toy Story and Boy Meets World.
1: Take a pin write this down on this day march 10th 10th it's mario day 2021 good one yep. uh if they make toy story 5 we will talk about toy story one
0: okay that's fair
1: so that way like that's i don't fair. think there's plans for it right now no, but if they not. do then i'm saying it right here right now that we will do toy story one again okay and Count- hopefully do a better job counterpoint okay
0: in the next three years and after looking at our schedule this year, we don't have a single Disney or Pixar movie to discuss this year. So, in the next three years, we need to do That's good. more Disney movies, more Pixar movies. We need to do Aladdin. Well, the you good know? part is <laughs> we're going to
1: catch up on uh, Marvel movies soon because COVID put a delay on them. I don't know. New I don't know.
0: But we're getting new movies this year. So, like... And that's if we're doing the Marvel TV shows, too, which I think we should, because they tie into so. the Marvel continuity, and they are only, like, six or seven episodes. I mean, Mar- WandaVision was nine. Well, you're talking about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, and yeah, Daredevil. I was about to I mean, say. We, can, we can do an episode, like, if we want to talk about other Marvel shows, mm. but I'm not necessarily thinking about those. I would like to, but I know, yeah. That's
1: kind of a, a more tough situation versus, like, WandaVision.
0: Um, but, like, you know, but the MCU-adjacent TV mm. shows, so, like... The way it stands now, next January we'll be doing Spider-Man: Far From Home. Okay. Um, February would be WandaVision. Next March would be Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. Then we have to do, I think, Black Widow, because Mm -hmm. it's coming out next in the in the whatever. Mm -hmm. We'll have Loki. We'll have another Spider-Man movie at some point. It's piling on a lot faster. Another than I Shang, it was. another Shang Chi uh, will come out. Eternals will come out. Hawkeye will be out. Miss Marvel will be out. We're gonna have a whole nother year of Marvel stuff. This is ridiculous. Next I year. thought we
1: were about to like hit a crest where we would like. aha, Marvel, we're waiting on you. Marvel's no. gonna
0: Marvel's catching up on us this year because they're they're coming out with four movies this year. Mm-hmm. In addition to like seven or eight TV shows, it feels like. It's probably That's more than like four shows. Okay, so, we'll forget that. Forget that. <laughs> but yeah, we but yeah, we need to do more we'll Disney. We'll add in some other ones. You know, like I said, Aladdin is one, it won our Disney bracket last year at this time. Because Again, true. at this time last year, we were doing the Marvel, or not the Marvel, the Disney bracket. Mm-hmm. And we had this big discussion about mm-hmm. Aladdin and should it beat Lion King. And I'm still thinking Lion King got... It's tough. Got just snubbed out there, jobbed out to Aladdin. And I love Aladdin, mm-hmm. but I don't think it should have won. But it was it's the win- it was the winner of our Disney bracket. Beauty and the Beast is one that you were mm-hmm. really high on, mm-hmm. and a lot of our listeners were really high on. I still haven't seen Brave.
1: I finally watched it. it was I good. know you
0: did, and mm-hmm. I said I would, but I never did. Sure. So. I know. I mean, there's so many classic Disney, um, Disney movies though, that we can – throw in but anyway we're not talking Disney we're not talking Disney tonight uh Uh, 90 sports celebrities is where we were um and we got off on our long tangent as we tend to do without Ashby saying
1: and you had asked me like what we actually were talking about and I went on tangent was about sports movies but what we're really talking about is growing up in the 90s there were certain athletes that weren't just good at their sports bless you bless you bless you bless you there's another one bless you anymore Good, y'all blessed up. I'm good. Nice, uh, but '90s had a t- the '90s had a thing where sports stars weren't just, you know, great athletes that were the best in their game. Well, most likely they were, but they also extended past that greatness of their athleticism into pretty much just being celebrities. Now, today's world's a little bit different just because social media, everything else. This was different in the 90s. You didn't have you know, social media where you had superstars and athletes posting stuff all the time where you can just feel like you had a relationship or you just could at least see behind the scenes. These people just... This is the first time you were seeing athletes more involved with the TV shows,
0: movies. Commercials. Commercials. You uh, saw stuff in the past, but music, to a whole new level. Musical, yeah, music. I mean, the lot, lots of different avenues for uh, athletes in the 90s where they were kind of that was the first time they really started to establish like their brand. Mm-hmm. Now, like, Nowadays, everybody has a brand. Sure. Okay? If you've got cert- any certain number of followers on Instagram, you are considered to have a brand. I mean, yeah. um, but back in the 90s, not everyone had a brand. Not everyone no. had a shoe deal. Not everyone had mm. endorsements.
1: Well, the same way, like you say, with endorsements and stuff, I couldn't tell you half the people have now. No. But back then, you knew because you know, first off we're kids, you we're know. watching cartoons or whatever else we're watching on TV. They know that we're the prime age of put this out there if you want to sell it because they're going to go complain, you know, wide to their parents. And we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I wanted Haynes yeah. or Fruit of the Loom, one or the other, or McDonald's. Or McDonald's, you know, it's another great Wheaties. One. <laughs> All I've never in my life ever tried wanted to have Wheaties. <laughs> But well, you, like, I never, like, for the taste of Wheaties. Yeah, but... But there were so many times I wanted to buy the box of Wheaties because, because of who of was which, which the, athlete was yeah, on the front exactly. of it. exactly.
0: And that's still something that continues to it does. Has um, John
1: Cena been on a, a box of
0: Wheaties yet? I know he's been on Fruity Pebbles. Has he? Yes. Okay. So, I don't it know if he's been on Wheaties. Like something know, even... But he's been hurt. on Fruity Pebbles.
1: Nice. <laughs> he's right up my alley. Morning. Yes. Um, but that's what we're talking about this week. And honestly, we just... This week's episode is more of a relaxed episode. It's more of a hangout episode, so... Joining with us with this with with us with us with us this week, uh, instead of doing a, a real deep dive into movies, we're more so just hanging out with each other, going over some athletes that we t- just come to mind.
0: Kind of transcended their sport into pop yeah. culture. Yeah. Um, and uh, the way we have it set up is I've got it separated into some different categories based on their sport, mm-hmm. um, or based on some other whatever, and we can just talk about. The ones that kind of come to mind, mm-hmm. and then uh, we actually have a few callers who yeah actually we had have some voicemails calls for us this week, so we'll get into that. But let's uh, let's start with the sport of basketball in the nineties.
1: Well, I feel like let's just start with the athlete. The athlete, obviously, that, it's Michael. As we Jordan. talk, it comes it's to Michael your mind, Jordan. it's Michael Jordan. I
0: mean, he was obviously in Space Jam. He was okay, and in the movie Space Jam, which we will do a deep dive mm-hmm. in uh, on over the summer, um, in the movie Space Jam, they actually reference. All of his endorsements in yes. that movie where it's like, okay, get on your, you know, light, lace up your Nikes, put on your Hanes, um, you know, eat your Wheaties, grab your Gatorade, and we'll pick up a Big Mac on, on the way. way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like all the endorsements he did, like, like he was the guy, and he would literally endorse anything, and it would just sell. For um, sure. It still happens. He was the first athlete to really have the big shoe deal mm-hmm. um, in NBA culture, in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had... Obviously, Space Jam mm-hmm. was huge. Um, he was the face of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just, he was iconic. Uh, everyone wanted to be like Mike. Yeah. And that was the marketing campaign that kind of ro- rolled around with him.
1: Um, which, com- do you remember which endorsement that was? Was it Nike or was it McDonald's? I don't remember. I just remember, like, I feel like kids singing how they wanted to be like Mike. I remember the commercial. Um might be Haynes. You know what? <laughs> Haynes is what comes to mind. But honestly, it's it's funny that they didn't sell as well on the product, more so than they just did with a very catchy song. Um, You're looking it up now. That what was you, Gatorade. Gatorade.
0: Duh, uh, duh Gatorade. Okay. Um, and the funny thing is, like, he still has that drawing power to today. Oh, day. for sure. Like, where he doesn't have, obviously, as many endorsements. But he doesn't need them either. No. I mean, he still has his own shoe. He can throw He out. has his Shoes. own brand. Is he, Jordan? he has He has the Jordan brand. Which has, like, it's like a sub, you know, brand under the Nike Mm -hmm. banner. Um, But his own brand is, like, outfitting college, like, obviously University of North Carolina. Mm -hmm. It's under Jordan brand. Their football team is wearing the Jordan brand. Mm -hmm. Michigan is wearing the Jordan brand. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. like, so many other teams wearing the Jordan brand. Um, And, like, whenever, like, Gatorade was doing some kind of anniversary a few years ago, they brought back his favorite flavor, citrus cooler. Nice. Uh, because that was what he liked to drink. Mm-hmm. So because he had such a great relationship with Gatorade, they brought back that for an anniversary, you know, marketing campaign. No, it's awesome though. I mean, so, I mean, and I love Citrus Cooler because he liked it. I mean, I, so was I, I did want to be like Mike in that area. Yeah. Well,
1: it's, it's one of those things. It was before um, Allen Iverson came around. Yes. Whenever everybody wanted to wear sleeves at that point. Yes. If you were talking basketball, you wanted to be Michael Jordan. Oh, like, absolutely. And the crazy part is, too, is to show how big of a status this man was, or still is, but was, you could get the NBA Jam in any of those other video games, and you could play with the Bulls.
0: But you would but you could play not as play as Michael Jordan. Because he had a separate licen- licensing mm-hmm. deal um, where he could have picked and, pick and choose what games he could have appeared mm-hmm. in or wanted to appear in. And he obviously had to pay him more money to be in his games. Mm-hmm. And it was just... The game NBA Jam was like, no, we're good. NBA yeah. Live was like, no, we're good. I remember one game he did appear in, like, mm-hmm. in the 90s. Or it was rumored he was, like, unlockable. It might have mm-hmm. been NBA Jam. It might have been one of the NBA Live games. But I remember the first time I actually played as Michael Jordan in a video game. Mm-hmm. It was in 2011. Yeah. Like, after he had on retired the on the Xbox for NBA uh, 2K11 or 2K12. And it was all, he was the cover? He was on the cover, and it was part of the Dream Team. Yes. That was in
1: the game. The entire game, there was multiple different levels that you could play. As Jordan, from like, and years. let's
0: talk about that a little bit because the Olympic dream team was a big part of him, you know, being known throughout the world as well. Well,
1: I think that's a big thing too. Is just the Olympics in general um, had a bit effect, a big effect on us as kids. Because what was it, ninety six that it came around?
0: Ninety two was the first time. Well, okay, ninety two, but ninety six in Atlanta. Yeah, um, I but ninety two was the first year they uh, allowed pro. Basketball players to compete in the mm-hmm. Olympics. Before that, it was all amateur uh, college players. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we, ironically, we got waxed in '88. Sure. Um, you know, we did not win a gold medal, and America mm-hmm. was like, "No, no, no, we're going to win next time." So, hey, Jordan, Bird, Magic, yes. <laughs> what are y'all doing? <laughs> y'all want to come play in Barcelona in 1992? And we just ran over
1: everybody. Um, but I think it's it it plays a big effect with that too, though, to see how that evolved into other sports and other things. Because it took the Olympics, it took them, you know, Team USA. Mm-hmm. Everybody's seeing that us as kids growing up, hitting that age where, we you know, we're what, five, six, seven, somewhere between there and ten by the, between ninety two and ninety six. Yes, Olympics. So we're in that age where we're very, you know, we see something on TV, that's what we want to do. I remember. I don't remember watching a ton of the actual games on the TV. I just remember them winning, them being on every news thing that appeared on television. Every store you went to, that sort of stuff was. I remember going uh, shopping for a new bathing suit one year, and wanting to buy an American flag bathing suit so I could look like I was in the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, First, I don't know if kids get that excited about Olympics anymore. They
0: don't. I have to talk to them about it every you know whenever it comes up. Sure. And just try to build some excitement, but it's not as. I mean, the novelty of them competing in the Olympics was Mm -hmm. new in the 90s. Yeah. And it was truly, like, the best players. Um, Now, you might get the best players, or they might take the summer off to, you know, know, just rest from their grueling NBA season. And I don't blame them for that necessarily, but it's just – I think even – It's a different time. Even Um,
1: beyond just the NBA players, like – and we'll talk about a few more later – that fall kind of into the Olympics side of things. But I just remember it just being a huge thing because I think about the dream team that we've talked about with the basketball. But then you look at Mighty Ducks and the second movie they put out is the Junior Goodwill Games. But they're pretty much dressed up and down like they, a team would be going into the Olympics. All red, white, and blue gear. All their jerseys are changed to red, white, and blue. You know, it's them versus the world is what they say. You know, it, it's just how the culture had that effect on it.
0: Yeah. Um, you remember the first Home Alone movie that came out in 1990? Yes. Michael Jordan was a cutout. You That's know, true. In, in the yeah. scene with mm-hmm. uh, with Kevin setting up the living room to make it look like people were at his house mm-hmm. to scare off the wet bandits. Michael Jordan's the cutout in 1990. He has not won an NBA championship at that point. No. And he's already, you know, in that space in mm-hmm. pop culture where his cutout is being used. Yes. I mean.
1: I feel like, honestly, if we wanted to, we could really... Do the deep dive and only talk about Michael Jordan for an entire episode. Uh, we
0: won't. We won't because we have a lot of other athletes to discuss. But um, um but I, he
1: he sets the standard. I feel like anytime we threw this discussion up, Michael Jordan's the obvious first come. Everybody's going to yell Michael Jordan. He's the the '90s breakout athlete. And he was absolutely, uh, and he, it's he's the thing that continues to today.
0: There is another basketball player I listed uh, in the '90s. You did um, Shaquille O'Neal. Yes. And I listed him specifically because he had some rap albums in the mid 90s. He also had a movie and. He was a genie. He, yeah, he was. Uh, and Steel. Well, he, he was too super. Kazam? No, Shazam. Shazam. Kazam is the. Uh, the Nickelodeon Ma- the, Ma- the Mandela effect where you think it was named one thing, but it was actually named another thing, but you could have sworn it was, you know, whatever. I
1: think Kazam that, was a Nickelodeon thing. It might have been. But he anything.
0: also uh, had a video game. Uh, Did the, he? The Shaq Fu. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. It was a terrible game. I've, like, every once in a while, I see
1: the sh- uh, Shazam, where he's a genie that comes out of a speaker box. I see that movie on like one of the streaming networks, and there's part of me that just wants to rewatch it.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you; I don't think I ever saw all of it. I this. saw
1: it. I know. I I, I I feel positive. I saw that in movie theaters.
0: I mean, I don't. I don't think that's kind
1: of what I remember of it. Like <laughs> I, he comes out. He, he's a rapping genie. They came out of a boom box, and that's all I remember.
0: Like he was he was just larger than life. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally. Like he was such a huge player who could move. Um like and he played for the Orlando Magic mm-hmm. early on in his career, uh, and then went to the Lakers in the mm-hmm. late nineties and then started winning championships with Kobe Bryant in the mm-hmm. early two thousands. Um, but he um you know, he was just such a larger than life personality. He was. Like and even some people would argue that um, if, if he had really kind of committed himself to the game of basketball a little more, he could have won more championships. Mm-hmm. He won four titles. I mm-hmm. mean, very impressive. Um, but they were like, well, all the side projects. You know, he mm-hmm. he uh, you know, wanted to be a rapper, and then he was in a movie, and he did a video game, and he did this and that. He ended up being a sheriff deputy, like in Arizona, no back in that. the two thousands, like when he was. Playing for the Phoenix Suns, like he was actually deputized. I mean just nice. Um, but you know, he, he did so many things off the court, like he was just so um he was so um recognizable. It was Kazam. Was it? Yeah. It I'm is. looking it up now. It, it has said, a twenty I am Kazam. It is a twenty percent rating. I think you're getting Mandela affected right I now. Am. I felt positive it was Shazam. Yeah, he was also a no. good burger. He was? Yeah. If I'm reading this correctly. I yeah. mean, he probably was. He was in Good Burger. Um, it says he played himself in Good Burger. Yeah, he must have so, been. Yeah. But, yeah, he he just another larger-than-life character who I just felt like every, he's recognizable no matter where he goes. He is. And I feel like, too, we probably
1: won't talk as he's much.
0: He's doing icy hot commercials. That's true. <laughs> Still doesn't know. Still um, doesn't know.
1: I don't think we'll probably go as deep as we did with Michael Jordan, or not So deep, but as long with each one. But I feel like you know it doesn't take away from what Shaq had. Shaq was just known on TV. You knew the dude had giant feet because they would talk about it on news commercials. Um, I remember being at my grandparents and I had a relative staying with them at the time whenever I was a kid, and he had a Shaq action figure, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. It was Shaq dunking a ball and like breaking the backboard, and I remember that being a big thing, being one of the first times I ever saw someone shatter the backboard playing basketball.
0: Yeah, that's one of the um, like if. You- Look it up on YouTube, mm-hmm. but it was definitely like a happening. He went up for a big dunk when he was at LSU mm-hmm. and just destroyed mm-hmm. that that rim, that backboard. I mean, one of the first time I ever saw anything like that. It's just like massive. I mean, LSU. and to
1: the point that you wanted to think you could do that as a kid, yeah. And you kind of you like you went a little easy on your board because you didn't want to be the one that shattered. <laughs> no,
0: because that has to be replaced. <laughs> yes, and we didn't um, have the money for that. So definitely. Um, but, yeah, are there any other basketball names that kind of stick out to you in the 90s? I know those were the two big ones I thought of.
1: I feel like people that just made a big thing is Dennis Robbins' one. Yes. And, and I it, feel like a lot it, of that's just character. Character-wise,
0: he had the relationship with um, – Carmen Electra. Carmen Electra. Um, he did some where he dressed as a woman. He, he wore in a dress. Casket. Yeah, I think at his wedding to Carmen Electra, he yes. also wore a dress. okay. He had the wild hairstyle. He did. He was in wrestling. He, he was, was in wrestling and we'll get into that yeah. in a little bit. Um so and like I yeah, say, he, I
1: don't mean to take away, you know, from any other people, but he's just one that more than his skills on the basketball court, he was a person or he had a giant persona where mm-hmm. it just followed him everywhere. He got into trouble. Yep. If you did see him, like he wasn't your traditional looking basketball player There, who dyed his hair different colors he had all the time. Nose rings, Piercing earrings and, stuff.
0: and tattoos and,
1: and so he was just different for the time. Uh and you saw that more you know, over the years now with other kids He kind of set
0: the, you know, the bar for like, you mentioned Allen Iverson who mm-hmm. also had a lot of tattoos. and mm-hmm. um, For a long time, NBA basketball, for the longest time, was a very clean cut sport. It was. Um, and then, as we, as culture developed uh, into the 90s and early 2000s, it developed alongside with hip hop and that became more acceptable. Now, it's more, you know, it's looked more as a business now mm-hmm. um, than like a culture or a lifestyle like it was in the 90s and mm-hmm. 2000s. But, um, but yeah, back then Dennis Rodman having all the tattoos and the different color hair every mm-hmm. night, and uh, being on the uh, being on the cover of Entertainment Weekly or or, mm-hmm. um, or whatever, or you know being the lead on Inside Edition because of what he did.
1: Well, even on MTV, like he was he was the right up the alley for MTV for yeah. them to be like put him on anything and everything, just right up there with any rock star you might would see. Yes. Um, one other one is Ma. Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson, Larry Johnson, Larry Johnson. I remember Grandmama. I remember that being on Family Matters and playing basketball on there, or not? Yeah, it was Family Matters. Uh, he played basketball on there. Um, I don't know, just the personality. You would see in ads and other stuff. He didn't. He definitely wasn't as large of a personality as any well, other people. He was also about. in
0: Space Jam, too. Him with him and Bugsy Bugs and uh, Charles Barkley and Sean Bradley, who we never heard from again.
1: I feel like those are at least worth mentioning. Patrick Ewing, yeah. Because I feel like if you weren't into sports and you watched Space Jam, though, those automatically became people that you knew about more. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like that elevated them at least a little bit to the next level. Same way like Charles Barkley. I remember all of a sudden really just liking Charles Barkley Mm -hmm. after that. I wanted his shoes. I remember going to the Nike outlet and at the outlets, and they had his shoe. My mom was like, I'm not paying that much money for these shoes. Uh, Either way, I'm not bitter. But... (laughs) I don't know about basketball. There's tons of others that stand out that were great athletes. I just don't know. And there's some that, you know, probably extended beyond that. Right. But just trying to think about your major people that extended into the world of celebrity.
0: The the only other one I would mention, um, I don't think he's as big, but he did get a mention in Air Bud. Mm-hmm. Um, and we already mentioned Scottie Pippen, too. Uh, yeah, sure. He, right like there George, with it, Michael yeah. Jordan's teammate. Uh, Sean Kemp. He was the only um, other one I because, thought. Because, you know, he played for the Supersonics, which, mm-hmm. you know, I know you were a fan of those. I was. I liked them just because of the name and the colors. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got a shout out in Airbud, like mm-hmm. the kid who had all the lucky stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I stole this out of Sean Kemp's trash. He did. And <laughs> I remember that.
1: <laughs> and just, I forgot all about that. And yes. now I remember that.
0: That's the one, one of the things I remember of that movie. So. I
1: would say, too, just to throw it in there, the entire, like, the Bulls
0: team, just the
1: Bulls in general, mm-hmm. uh, is very similar to. How the Cowboys were in the nineties, yeah, America's
0: team, basically.
1: Uh, And uh, I was talking to Michael Thompson at work about this today, but it's one of those things you think back on that time, and every kid around our age had a starter jacket. Most kids, I don't think I did. I didn't either. Uh, I had like a starter windbreaker or something. It was not the cool starter jacket, but typically it was either the Bulls, Cowboys, the Hornets, because we're from you know North Carolina. Carolina. Um,
0: They're technically North Carolina's basketball team. Yes.
1: And then I feel like there was a couple other. Uh, Michael said, I think, the Mariners.
0: Yeah. Um, they were owned by Nintendo. And well, we'll talk about who played for them in a minute. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: But I feel like there's a lot of just The that Braves. The we'll, Braves is another one. We'll um, I made a note er, uh, today to mention the Braves. And honestly, I think it just kind of includes in all these teams we're talking about right now yeah. is – yeah it's not necessarily certain players on the teams that you knew so much more than anything else you just knew the teams you yes. knew they were big same way i became a braves fan mm-hmm. um, my sister was a braves fan right and she was actually more into it than i was and i was younger and i came into it where she was a braves fan so i became a Braves fan and we had relatives that lived in atlanta um and so we finally we went and saw a game uh the braves played i think the marlins mm-hmm. and while we were there. It was either the week before or a week after. I think it was after the Olympics had just happened in Atlanta. So it was just like all these things hit me at a right spot in my childhood. That's like, the Olympics are amazing. You know, the Braves are amazing. Like all these things. In the same way, like I feel like the Cowboys was one of those things where they were just so known Mm -hmm. that they were the big football team. Enough to the point that little giants, like the evil guys in the little giants, are Cowboys. Like, so it's the same way you grew up knowing, you know, about these different things based on. You know, some movies that use their licensing and then just in general. I don't even know how some of these teams just got to be so giant other than just being big. But it was one of those ways it broke into where everybody in the world can tell you now, well, oh, you look back at these certain, like, time period of Bulls basketball, and it was just insane. Yep. Um, well, I don't know. We can move forward. Well, speaking
0: but, of baseball and the Braves, uh, the next sub uh, topic I have is baseball. Mm-hmm. And I put three names in in here, and one of them is bigger than the other two, in my opinion. I agree. But all three share something um, in common towards the late 90s. Um, But the first name, obviously, in the 90s, you're thinking of the kid, Ken Griffey Jr. Exactly. Uh, He's the big name that played for the Seattle Mariners. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was just, I think his big appeal, I mean, obviously he was a great baseball player, but he had a lot of video games. He did. Um, I'm looking at a list of them now. Uh, He had Ken Griffey Jr. presents uh, Major League Baseball and Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had um, Major League Baseball, Ken Griffey Jr., Um, let's see, Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I think it was on, um, oh, Ken Griffey Jr. winning run. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't remember which game it was, but I remember playing. Uh, I think it was one of the Super Nintendo games, The Home Run Derby. Yes, that comes um, to mind. On one of the, uh, on one of those modes, and you would just sit there and you just try to hit as many home runs as mm-hmm. you can. You know, without you know, obviously, you get ten outs if you don't hit a home run. You, it's an out. Um, but he really popularized the idea of a home run mm-hmm. um, before the nineties. Roger Maris had the most home runs in a single season at sixty one. Um, that was set in 1960. Oh, wow. Um, really long, you know, long, long time uh, away. And baseball, you know, was always kind of considered America's, quote, pastime. But, you know, for a generation that was always looking for bigger and better and, like, the most explosive and exciting mm-hmm. thing to happen – a home run in that game is the most exciting thing that could have happened. Sure. Um, So anytime someone hits a home run as kids in the 90s, we thought it was big. I think Ken Griffey Jr. really kind of popularized hitting a lot of home runs. Mm -hmm. And we see that later in the 90s, um, for better or for worse, uh, Ken Griffey Jr., Sammy Sosa, and Mark McGuire Mm -hmm. were in a big home run race in 1998 where all three of them were chasing uh, Roger Maris' home run record. Now, for McGuire and Sammy Sosa, there were allegations of steroid use. Um, So that record is kind of tainted now. Mm -hmm. But I remember where I was uh, September 1998. Uh, It was on a Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. And Mark McGuire had tied the record the weekend before. So he was at 61. Um, So he'd already tied Roger Maris' record. And it was the second season of King and Hill. It was supposed to debut on a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And they actually, like, canceled that, the show, a St. Louis Cardinals game on Fox. They even had Hank Hill, like, it was the premiere of season two. So there was a mm-hmm. cliffhanger at season one yeah. where the Save-A-Lot had blown up. Yep. And we knew a character was going to die. And we didn't know who it mm-hmm. was. It was either Hank or it was, uh, what's it, Lou mm-hmm. or, or Lou Ann's boyfriend or mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. character. I can't remember who it was. Mm-hmm. And that was the big cliffhanger who died. Yep. And they showed this little thing from Hank Hill before the game. Well, I know y'all want to watch King of the Hill, but I really want to watch this game, and they can't do the show without me. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, go Cardinals. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. I never knew that.
0: Like, and it was just like – and I remember my dad saying, like, we were watching, it and my dad's like, well, we know he's not the one dead if they can't do the show without him. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But that night, like, okay, so I watched for like four or five innings, and sure. it's like, okay, time to go to bed, but you can leave your TV on in your room. Mm-hmm. So I turned the TV on, and McGuire comes up, and I think it's the first or second pitch. He hits, and it's to left field. And I remember Joe Buck, the announcer, you know, he made the call. Left field side, down the left field line, is it enough? And then he yells, score, number 62! And it was just like, I'm like... Just silently, kind of shaking my hands, and like I yeah. can't wait to talk about this at school the next year. Sure. Like it's it's so awesome, and so that's the that's the memory of Mark McGuire. Like I remember where I was, mm-hmm. what I was doing. I know the announcer's call. Um, you know, he really transcended the sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of what he did in his sport, mm-hmm. but because it was so good, it was one of those things that made him a celebrity. It did. Um, he was known for he did McDonald's commercials. Mm-hmm. I wanted a Mark McGuire poster. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, because I wasn't a fan of the Cardinals, but I knew I liked the big guy mm-hmm. hitting home runs. Sammy well, Sosa, the same way. I mean.
1: It was very much the same way. Where I remember every day, well, at least the morning after there was a game, checking the news. Yes. like I wasn't a news person, but in the mornings, my parents always had the news on. So as I'm getting ready for school, I always would check to find out the same way. You know, what do I need to know before I go to school? Like, yes, did, so you can talk about it? Who's in the lead right now, so I can talk about it with all my friends. Um, you know, I didn't watch a ton of the games. I do remember watching some of them. I don't have a memory like you did. Uh, but I do remember that, like waking up and checking out the news every morning to make sure because it was just constantly back and forth at that point was
0: who's going to break the record first and then mm-hmm. who's going to have the highest record at that point after. Um, and I know so McGuire got the 70 home runs that year. Sosa got the 66. And I think Sosa beat that 61 mark. Couple of more times uh, before he, hank, you know, hung up his career. Huh. Uh, I don't know if Griffey ever got past sixty, but again, those were the three biggest names because they were just that. hitting yeah. bombs, and it was this national news. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it was a sports related thing, but that didn't make it any less no. in, ingrained in our pop culture.
1: Um, I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot more to say about it. I was, I feel like I could, but I feel like that's just the biggest part of it. Is it's like you said, it's not so much that it was. Oh man, who won the game? It was just who's winning this competition with each other of who can hit the most home runs. I don't remember there ever being a time like that since then. Well at least not publicized in the same way that the whole world was just on edge watching every week.
0: Well, you want to talk about getting to school the next day yeah. and like being able to contribute to conversation. Mm-hmm. In the late nineties, mm-hmm. you know, from ninety six on, wrestling for sure, had exploded into the pop culture mainstream. Mm-hmm. And it had, had a it had a big run in the 80s, too, with Hulk Hogan and the rock and wrestling campaign in the 80s. But in the 90s, you had attitude. You did. You had the New World Order.
1: You had a wrestling that I wasn't allowed to watch, and then <laughs> I was allowed to yes. watch, but it became more of the I wasn't allowed you to You
0: had watch. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. You had The Rock. You did. You had D-Generation X. Mm -hmm. You had guys wearing NWO shirts to school. Every day. Because uh. whether they were a fan of wrestling or not, Mm -hmm. that was fashion back in the late 90s. You had guys like me who did not have cable, so you had to rely on a friend to tell you what happened so you can can participate in conversations. Mm -hmm. On Monday nights, you were either a WWF fan or a WCW fan, Mm -hmm. and the next day you'd go... (laughs) To school and you would compare notes. Yes, with with your classmates.
1: I remember being in fifth grade, and that was the only time I almost got in a fight. Not really, not necessarily per se, but walking down the hall, we had gotten in trouble, and we were told that we couldn't say anything. You know, we had silent treatment in the hallway or whatever. This other guy walks by that we've been friends. Like I feel like there's this gradual moment where me and some other friends started watching wrestling at some point, and then we just bloomed into the NWO and all that stuff happened. Um, so I feel like I was a little bit younger, but by the time this happened, I was in fifth grade, the kid walked by and looked me right in the face, the little Wolfpack sign, and said, too sweet, as he walked by, knowing that I was not a fan of NWO at the time. Fighting yeah. words. I like kind of jumped at him, and he just kind of laughed at me and kept walking like, you know, yeah, right, you know, NWO all day. Uh, I was more of the good guys like Sting, Ric Flair. Like, I just remember Sting in general just being the full face paint then when he did the whole Crow thing, where it was so mysterious, everything else. like, And he was the only person that could take on the NWO. And for those of you out there, it's like, I have no clue about wrestling. What, what are you talking about? Some of these characters, I feel like, just transcended it all. Like, Ric Flair, the world knows Ric Flair forever. Ooh. But you've got Hulk Hogan that was in tons of movies. You know, just in general, Hulk Hogan is the Michael Jordan of wrestling. Yes. I mean, it, just to put it that way. He is known, you know, he did... Had his own TV show, Thunder mm-hmm. in Paradise. Yep. Um,
0: what was that? He he was like I said, he was a no holds barred. He was in, um, was it Santa with muscles? Um Something, he was in Suburban Rock, Commando. Suburban Commando. He was in Rocky. He was three. in Rocky. Um, uh, you know he was he was I a think huge he, was in, star. he was in one of the three ninja movies. He was in one of the three ninja movies. He was a huge star. And then when he turned heel, which you know he to say he became a bad guy, mm-hmm. he kind of made being the bad guy cool. He did. in wrestling. And to the point where we mentioned him earlier, Dennis Rodman would show up, and he wrestled in a tag team match with Hogan Mm -hmm. against um, Carl Malone and Diamond Dallas Page. He did. And in the middle of the NBA season, like Rodman – There's another
1: person to mention, Carl Malone, we didn't mention earlier. Yeah, Carl Malone. Not the same, but the
0: fact that he's in wrestling, too. Exactly. Um, Dennis Rodman – in the middle of the season, basketball season, they're in the playoffs. Yes. And he's skipping practice to go be on WCW Nitro. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like literally the, <laughs> those two worlds. Yeah, he just showed up. Uh, those two worlds just kind of uh, colliding there. And, uh, you know, you had Jay Leno show mm-hmm. up and wrestle Hulk Hogan. Yes. <laughs> I mean, which is crazy to me. But, I mean, Hogan, just he, his star was like on a whole nother level, mm-hmm. which led to the rise Of the Attitude Era in WWF, like WWF was still kind of cartoony Mm -hmm. and like, you know, black and white and Mm -hmm. good guys versus bad guys. And then the NWO happened in 96. Mm -hmm. Well, WWF had their worst financial year ever in 1997. And they saw that, hey, things have to change or we're going to get run over. That led to the rise of Stone Cold Steve Austin winning his first world title in 1998. Mm-hmm. The Rock becoming The Rock in 1998, mm-hmm. uh, which set them up for a clash against each other in uh, WrestleMania 1999. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- those were the, like, an Austin 316 shirt or an NWO shirt. Like, those are the yeah. two biggest shirt sellers. I mean, I think they're still probably selling them pretty well I'm on sure. the WWF website. Um, but you'd go to school, and it, we were in middle school at the time, mm-hmm. and either you were, if you were a WCW fan, you had an NWO shirt. Yep. If you were a fan, you probably had an Austin 316 shirt mm-hmm. or, or some kind of Austin shirt. Like, they were just mm-hmm. printing out merchandise like crazy, but you couldn't go anywhere without seeing one of those no. shirts. And well, that's that was their impact on pop culture. Like, yes, th- I mean, they were on the cover of TV Guide. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw them, like, it wasn't just, you know, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazines you know, that was just for wrestling fans. They you everywhere. saw wrestlers everywhere. Well, it exploded, and I don't think it's ever
1: been as big since. Like,
0: Mankind like, was in Chef Borodee commercials. He was. <laughs> I mean, The like man that,
1: scared me to death. Yeah, I loved him, but he scared me to death, and he's on an advertisement for kids.
0: Yes. I mean, like, they were really, like, they really hit the stratosphere in terms mm-hmm. of their impact on pop culture. And like you mentioned, they hit that high, and then around 2000, 2001, just kind of went down and they haven't really hit the same high since. Mm -hmm. And it's not because they hadn't had superstars like John Cena is a a superstar. Uh, Dave Batista is in Mm -hmm. movies as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. they've had guys who have done the crossover into mainstream pop culture, but it wasn't during their actual run on top, like the WWF yep. was the thing, mm-hmm. it was the thing in pop culture in 1998. WCW was the thing in pop culture in 2000 or 19, 1996, 1997. Um, and we won't see, we, you wouldn't see that again. Another guy who kind of made the the uh, crossover in the WWF is a guy I've also mentioned here, Mike Tyson. He did. And Mike Tyson was a huge name in the early '90s because he was mm-hmm. a heavyweight boxer. Mm-hmm. He had his own video game. He did Mike Tyson's Punch Out, mm-hmm. which is still an awesome game. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, you know, just jumping into like, Mike Tyson I, I, for years, I thought it was a fighting game. Mm-hmm. Did you know it's actually like a dance, dance revolution game? It's a pattern. It's a pattern game. Mm-hmm. You just got to learn the patterns. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not good enough to learn the patterns. But
1: um. I haven't done it. Like I remember playing it as a kid. But I haven't gone yeah. back and played it since.
0: But um but he had and then you he had some allegations in the early nineties, mm-hmm. uh, where all these sponsors would drop him. And then he had this big comeback in the mid nineties against Evander Holyfield. And what did he do at the MGM Grand? Bit he bit off Evander Holyfield's ear, which put him in the hot you know, in the pop culture strategy. I wanna say like, that's even. how I
1: found out about him. Like I knew he had a game or whatever, mm-hmm. but I had never like Paid any attention to him? I w- we didn't watch boxing growing up, anything, most things. I loved boxing. <laughs> it was on the news the next day. It was I on the news. supposed
0: to watch it as a child, but I loved it. Sure, but
1: sure. Um, I love how your eyes got really shifty as you were talking yeah. about it.
0: But uh, but so he's suspended from boxing because mm-hmm. he bit a gear, guy's ear off. Mm-hmm. So what does he do? He goes to the WWF, mm-hmm. you know, and just ratings bonanza there. He gets in a shoving match with Austin. Mm-hmm. I mean, that wasn't even a match, but it was kind of no. marketing. Like, you have the baddest man on the planet versus the baddest man on the planet. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, he referees a match at WrestleMania 14 against Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin. I mean, just, I mean, again, big pop culture. No. Um, just, it was incredible.
1: Just We're still seeing it today where... Mike Tyson was back on AEW wrestling like in the past year, like the new wrestling company. He's on that show. Um he, Shaq
0: wrestled last Shaq week. Shaq did. Shaq wrestled AEW. last week on AEW.
1: Uh, and you're seeing all of that come back around just because of, it's these star athletes that made such a big uh, part of our childhood. That now that we are adults and they're marketing things towards adults, they're like, hey, what else do they love as kids? Like, let's throw this out there. Sting has come back now and is wrestling again, um, and still looks young as doing it. But uh, you mentioned real quick and I'd mentioned it on the show with Ashby the other week about being in sixth grade in Jinko jeans. Yes. I remember eating at dinner that night at Ruby Tuesdays. My parents saying I'm wearing my Jinko jeans tomorrow because that's what kids wear now. And I need to go by Walmart on the way home because I need an NWO shirt. We went to Walmart and bought a black shirt with the red NWO on it because I was a Wolfpack NWO follower. Uh, And it's that way, like, to know that I can go to Walmart and buy a wrestling shirt, by whoever, because it was so popular that you knew they would be there. Um, and I think that was the first time even as a kid being like, I need to go to this store to buy this. I didn't know anything else about, you know, we went to Dillard's and bought khakis like every other time. I didn't know about that, but I was like, I assume Walmart has the wrestling shirts. And they did. Um, and like you say, that was a big part of our childhood. I remember having Sting shirts. I remember getting a DDP shirt for a birthday, um. It was part of what you wore in everyday life. It's funny, one of our truck drivers at my job was showing me one day like this old family photo of him, and it was almost one of these like professional pictures you know you have done. He's wearing an Austin three sixteen hat in that picture from the nineties. Nice. Um, so I don't know. We could go on and on for wrestling, but let's not. Let's move forward a little bit more.
0: All right. So um, I got an others category here. Mm -hmm. Um, like. We didn't really talk football. I don't have any football players uh, listed. There is one that comes to mind that you know, that I think about: Deion Sanders. He's on my list. Prime yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to talk about him a little bit, real quick, um, I didn't really know. I know he played two sports. Um, he, him, him, and Bo Jackson were the two ones that came. Mm-hmm. I think Bo Jackson was more of a '80s
1: athlete. I think he was on his way out. In the 90s, on his way out, but, but
0: Deion, I know he played for the Braves and for the Falcons in the same day, mm-hmm. which was pretty awesome. Um, I don't.
1: Once again, I wasn't a big football person. Um, but I do know some of our callers that are had left us some messages. We'll play in a little bit. They actually mentioned him a lot, uh, and a lot of the people, a lot of you guys on Facebook this week had been commenting a lot about him. Um, also, the Cowboys for uh, Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, Irvin, Michael yeah, um, all of them making big names. And once again, those same characters were at least mentioned in the Little Giants and then mm-hmm. Remember the Kids. Were like I'm gonna be the Michael Irvin, big eight eight. Like he was so excited I was to jersey. He didn't make the team. Of course, um, uh, Brett Farf was another one. Yeah, but,
0: I mean, he's known for his Wrangler commercials. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just going out there playing football with, in his Wranglers. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I had Jerry a Jerry Farf- Rice. Yeah, that's another one. You know,
1: I had a Brett Farf jersey, but it was one of those things that was like trying to watch football. Right, and I played football in you know seventh grade or whatever, and I still didn't know the rules. Yeah, I think
0: you have more football athletes post two thousand. Sure, I mean, especially with guys like Tom Brady. Peyton Manning, Mm -hmm. who's in, like, he was in Papa John's and uh, in commercial, uh, some kind of insurance commercial, um, Allstate. Mm -hmm. No, um, not State Farm. Nationwide. He's in nationwide, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you got guys, you know, in uh, state farm commercials, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers with mm-hmm. the discount double check. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, nineties football, I know you had good football players, mm-hmm. but I, I, there wasn't a lot that kind of transcended.
1: Yeah. You're right. I don't think it hit necessarily the level we're talking about with some right. of these others, but they still, still were at least some household names. Absolutely. Definitely about. some
0: household names. Um, here's one, uh, from hockey. Yep. Number 99. Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky. Um, Like, I wasn't a hockey fan. We didn't have hockey in North Carolina until the Mm -hmm. late 90s. Um, Well, we had the ice caps. We had the ice caps, but we didn't have, like –
1: I remember that being, like, the the majors for me, though. Like, the pro level. It wasn't. I didn't know any different. But it was one of those things I remember going to my parents to Dorton Arena to see the ice caps play Mm -hmm. and thinking it was the best thing ever. Uh, What it was for me is – and it it extends a lot from this. Like, I like hockey now. Like, I didn't get into it as much – like, you know, in high school and everything else, go to games and stuff. But um, Wayne Gretzky came out, and it was around the time of Mighty Ducks hitting the movie theaters, which got me into hockey. You know, like you said, we didn't have – hockey wasn't a number three. We're in the North thing. Carolina. I mean, we don't yeah. have
0: ice, you know, ice no. skating. I mean, we have a couple places in Raleigh, but mm-hmm. it's not like an everything. You know, we, we're lucky to have ice, you know, yeah. once a year. Well, well I feel like growing up
1: it was like, you know, obviously the majority of us are going to play baseball. We're going to do something as, as we, we were
0: baseball or basketball. Yeah. Because basketball is big in this area because of North Carolina NC State. And
1: it is. And so I feel like it was one of those sports. Same way – there's hockey teams in North Carolina that, especially now that the Hurricanes are here, like, so it's bigger, you know. Yeah, it's sure. bigger now
0: because we, we got an actual pro team. Yeah.
1: But as a child, you didn't grow up thinking, like, I could be a hockey player. Yeah. It was just not on your radar. But seeing the Mighty Ducks made it be like, okay, well, what's this sport? This is different. Which led into rollerblading where everybody's rollerblading. But it also rolled into – well, who's famous people in this sport? Because I love it in this movie as a child.
0: I think when Wayne Gretzky he played for the Edmonton Oilers in the '80s, mm-hmm. came to the Los Angeles Kings in the yep. early '90s, and that's you know he was playing in Canada. Well, Canada that's hockey's like a yeah, national sure. sport. It's not really their national. Actually, lacrosse is one of their national sports hmm. in hockey uh, in Canada. Um, um, if it, you know, there's your did you know fact. Sure, um, but so he's playing in Canada. Well, great. Everyone plays hockey in Canada because mm-hmm. it's cold up there all the time. Mm-hmm. He comes to America, and it's like legitimizing the sport. It um, is. Um, in a way, it's like uh, when um, – oh, who was the, um, the, the big soccer player? Um, David Beckham. Yep. When he came to play for Major League Soccer um, uh, like a decade ago uh, for their Los Angeles team. Mm-hmm. Like it was, in a way, legitimizing soccer sure. in America. What he did was legitimize the idea of American hockey mm-hmm. um, by playing for an American team. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had American teams, Mm -hmm. you know, especially we had Chicago, the Blackhawks. You had Mm -hmm. uh, the Boston Bruins, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, These are like – those were like three of the original six Mm -hmm. in the NHL. So, I mean, but they're also northern teams. And by going to sunny Los Angeles, it it kind of opened up the idea that hockey could be a sport anywhere in America.
1: Well, especially now, I mean, even then, technically, by like mid-90s, there was three teams in Los in, in California mm-hmm. that are all hockey teams that still exist today. Like Mighty Ducks became a team because An- of Anaheim,
0: the uh you have the LA And San uh, Jose Sharks. Like, San yeah. Jose Sharks, yeah.
1: So I mean but and to think about it, you know, we talk about being North Carolina, like, oh obviously we wouldn't grow up being hockey, but there, it's California. It's California. Huh? And there's hockey they, they not ha- They don't ever have snow. <laughs> no, but... We I, get it
0: once once a, once a year. Yeah. They don't really get it at all, so...
1: And I watch, like, some YouTube guys now, and it's funny to see them. Like, they play hockey growing up in California, because that's what they did growing up. But uh, Wayne Gretzky, to get but,
0: back more on he him... He was synonymous with the sport. Like, he was. In the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, mm-hmm. you have um, Casey Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing his best Wayne Gretzky impression, yes, with a hockey stick, yes. Like he mentions Wayne Gretzky by name. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I feel like that was,
1: and like you say, you made a really good point, especially for us in our location. Is we didn't necessarily know a ton about hockey,
0: but you knew Wayne Gretzky. You know who Wayne Gretzky was. You knew he was the great one before yeah. the Rock existed. Mm-hmm. He was the great one. Mm-hmm. Um, you you played the video games. NHL '94 was the, was the big one. I had um, NHL.
1: I don't know if it's '94 or '95. I don't want to say the one I had was '95, mm-hmm. but it was the same way. I was constantly like I'm playing as the Kings, mm-hmm. and it's funny now to like be a Ducks fan and be like, no, you can't be the Kings. Um, but it's the same way. Like, I wanted to be Wayne Gretzky. It's a funny part. You talked earlier about Michael Jordan and his shoes. Yes. Wayne Gretzky came out with a pair of street hockey shoes. Nice. I had them. Wow. They were white and black with the number 99 on the side. So it's the same way you have all these Jordan shoes, everything else. Um, They came out, and I don't know if they made them for adults or just for kids. But to be funny, like, to be serious, these shoes weren't that great looking. No. Like, Google them if you're at home. Maybe I'll put up a picture on social media this week. But I remember wearing these things and being so proud that I remember sitting at my desk in elementary school and, like, sticking my feet all out in the aisle to be like, hey, look at my shoes. Without me, like, trying to ask somebody, I was like, I want somebody to look down at my feet and see that I've got Wayne Gretzky shoes on right now. I remember my mom was like, are you serious? Those were ugly. Those were hideous. Not buying those, yeah. and then we got. Them. I was very spoiled, and so I got these Wayne Gretzky shoes.
0: I think Wayne Gretzky. I mean, other than becoming a household name, like I said, he legitimized it for American audiences to the point where they're still expanding. Yeah. they add the Las Vegas Knights a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. They're adding the Seattle Kraken. Mm-hmm. I think either next season or the se- season after, mm-hmm. um, where they're just they're continuing to expand. They signed a new TV rights deal with ESPN I saw today. That. Yeah, today it's gonna be on ESPN Plus, mm-hmm. which um, I don't know if you. You check your Verizon stuff because mm-hmm. I found out I get ESPN Plus for free by being a Verizon customer. I need to check that out. Um, and they're giving me Disney Plus for free again. So, oh, well, that's really nice because <laughs> so, um, I think I'm paying more now for Disney. I am too. So, I, I was really nice to see that. So, I uh, look into that. But yeah, Wayne um, Gretzky, um, like I said, legitimized hockey in America mm-hmm. and is a household name because of um, how he transcended the sport. Um, here's one that you suggested. It did. This was one that changed my life, and uh, this, and this is like the extreme sports. It um, is
1: honestly, we're taking the, some of the same way we took with, with wrestling. Yeah, wrestling's not really covering, a
0: sport; it's sports entertainment. But but we, we looked at them as athletes. Yeah,
1: for sure. And so that's where we took this uh, into the world of extreme sports. You have Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk is literally the Michael Jordan of skateboarding. Yes, or just extreme sports in general.
0: Well, he's like the Michael Jordan. As well as the Bill Russell or, yeah. like, the James Naismith, like, the creator. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not only the best, but he's the originator, in a, in a sense.
1: And it seems that way. And it's crazy. There's been so many documentaries since then that, like, I've gone back and watched. Like, Bones Brigade is one of the documentaries I definitely recommend. But these guys that were competing in skateboarding and how skateboarding got huge. And then it died off in the 80s, like, in the late 80s, early 90s or whatever. And then, you know, X Games come along. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, skateboarding gets giant. Yes. And Tony Hawk is right on top of that wave. Now, don't get me wrong. Tony Hawk was winning competitions ever since he was a little kid. Right. He was a big name for those in the industry. And then, all of a sudden, this happens. He comes out. He makes a video game, and it changes the world. There was, especially by the time we reached middle school age, if you didn't skateboard, you knew at least five friends that did. Yes. Uh, I remember being, like, I remember my sister had a skateboard growing up. I had a
0: skateboard growing up. Yeah.
1: I tried to mess around. I sat on it and rolled around. That was about as much as I got into it. Mm -hmm. You know, I started seeing this, you know, Tony Hawk on the X Games, and that was my thing was like, I'm watching ESPN all the time. Like I said, growing up, I didn't watch as much games, like full games, as I did just caring about some of the household names and stuff. But X Games on, I'm sitting down and watching whatever it is. X Games used to have like mountain climbing. Yeah. And I watched every bit of it because Tony Hawk was going to be on a skateboard at some point. Yep. Uh, and so the same way that, and I say that he changed my life, but he really did like, because if it wasn't for that, it changed how I dressed. It changed the things I got into, changed music that I got yeah, into. Absolutely. There's still stuff today that like, you know, I longboard some, it's nothing nearly as cool as what everything else used to be. Um, but just the fact of, you know, I will still keep up with this. I still follow different skateboarders on Instagram. I follow Tony Hawk on Instagram. Yeah, I like social media. He, he's a
0: great follow on Twitter. I mean, I'm
1: sure he's fantastic. Like and he's still doing what he does in the same way. I had Tony Hawk shoes, like because skateboarding got big where endorsements, everything else. I never had a board um, because there was honestly a little bit of pushback in that because there was the part of well, they're like rebellious. Well, yeah, but you skateboarding, know? you almost you know, well, are you yes. a real skateboarder or are you just some Tony Hawk kid? So, soccer
0: fan. Are yeah. you a real soccer sure. fan? Or are yeah. You
1: yeah. <laughs> and so it was one of those weird moments where, like, I was all in love with Tony Hawk and buying this and the other. And then I was like, well, I've got to be Name cool. The 20 and, best skateboarders in the world, judge. sure. Yeah. And then it's like, uh, Tony Hawk, who else was on his game? Andrew Reynolds, uh, Willie Santos, uh, like, all these people that started watching. And I remember, too, like, ESPN 2 had the the Tony Hawk, um, man, what was it called? He ended up having a hook jam later, but it was Tony Hawk skate park, gigantic skate park tour. Literally it's just him and a bunch of other dudes on a giant bus travelling skate park to skate park and just showing all like and just getting into things and having fun in life. Uh and it just it's the same way. In the same way Tony Hawk now still owns Birdhouse. Yep. He can do anything he wants, so all of a sudden he jumped, he wears vans now. Yep. and it's just the whole world is like, Okay, well
0: they re released his games for the PS4 they and they're coming out with a release for Tony Hawk uh, one and two for the Switch mm-hmm. later this year. Which I will be getting because I own a Switch, and I feel <laughs> like
1: I feel like it's coming back around. It's you know, stuff gets big and it dies off the same yes. way. You it's know.
0: cyclical. Um. You know, Tony Hawk, I think, paved the way for the success of someone like Sean White, mm-hmm. who was successful in snowboarding. Sure. Which is a different, you know, but it's also kind of the same vein. Uh, he's mm-hmm. also a skateboarder, too. I think mm-hmm. he does the x things in skateboarding as well. Sean White does. Yeah, and um, they do different but stuff. But his big thing was snowboarding in yeah. the 2000s.
1: And I remember being, see, the first time I saw Sean White was on Tony Hawk's gigantic skate park tour. Mm-hmm. They had stopped somewhere in California and, like, Sean White's hometown. He knew him. He was, like, 13 at the time. And he was like, hey, come skate this ramp with us at this big thing we're doing. Um, I had no clue who he was, but all of a sudden I was like, I oh, don't know who Sean White is. Sean White gets his own snowboarding video game a few years after that and I bought that. Dave Mira had, you know, his own BMX game. But and don't get me wrong, like I feel like each of these athletes is great in their own way. But if it wasn't for Tony Hawk and what he did, it didn't open the doors to all these other things. Um, to be on television, to be on M T V, to be doing everything like he was a sponsor for like, you know, endorsed by Minnie Cooper a few years ago, you know, all these things that he's a part of. Uh, I remember uh, well, I listened to a skateboard podcast because of all what you know he did in my life, and it was talking to Andrew Reynolds, which was another skateboarder on the game, and he was talking about the first check he got for being a character in the game, and I was like a six figure check for just having its character in a video game, and just how
0: insane that was. That should be our goal, to yeah. Have characters in the video game, yeah.
1: And then, like I feel like Tony Hogg mentioned it roughly like where he was like. He got millions of dollars just to do that. And it's the same way. He rode that wave and like his video games as they got older and you know, further and further along they kinda I'm sure sales dropped and dropped. But it was one of those things for me growing up, like even into my adulthood, was like every year either there's a Tony Hawk game, I'm buying it, and every time there's an Everspeed game, I'm getting it. Those are two things I was buying. Um and I don't know, like I feel like for me and when I was a little bit younger with Michael Jordan and me just being outside imagining to be some great basketball players, the same way I was a little bit older, and now I'm outside skateboarding and pretending like I was never good at skateboarding. I don't want to, you know, lie and pretend that I was. I, I couldn't do tons of tricks, but I enjoyed it. It was part of my life that I just enjoyed doing, and it's just all because of this one man and just what he did for an industry and beyond
0: the an industry. Well, let's go from four wheels on the board to four wheels on the car. We're talking NASCAR. Woo! Um, NASCAR, specifically, I put Dale Earnhardt, mm-hmm. number three, the Intimidator, and Jeff Gordon. Because I feel
1: like you either liked one or the other. That that was it. I had nothing invested in NASCAR I had nothing
0: way. invested in NASCAR either, but I knew I liked Dale Earnhardt, and I knew that Jeff Gordon was a wuss. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm not
1: going to lie. I was good friends with Adam Sutton and Josh Sutton, and like it was their dad. Ever I grew up knowing him as Dale Sutton. Turns out, most of the world calls him something else. Um, because that was not his real name or not his main name, or whatever. But I just remember for part of my life being like, they must be related to Dale Earnhardt. His dad, or dad's name
0: is Dale. Like my dad's favorite racer was Dale Earnhardt. I mean, NASCAR mm-hmm. was a regional sport uh, mostly in the South mm-hmm. uh, for early on uh, mm-hmm. in most of its history, uh, especially around here in North Carolina. Sure, you can look into the history of NASCAR. It's very interesting history, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hart was the big name. He was, like, tr- the mm-hmm. traditionalist, mm-hmm. and then you had pretty boy Jeff Gordon come along in the mid-'90s, mm-hmm. and who, he had endorsements. I mean, he was, like, one of the first, and he would, you know, he was a very good racer, sure. would win races, but he was the household name. He was endorsing Pepsi. You know, uh, Dellen Hart was a Coke man. Sure. Like, like the brands extended, like, from just racer versus racer to brand versus brand. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, like, I didn't really care anything about NASCAR necessarily, but I knew that, hey, in my house, we're we're rooting for number three. Sure. Like, Um, I
1: don't remember my dad ever sitting down and watching a NASCAR race, but I remember going to church with the Suttons, and they were all about racing. Like, that was their life. Same way I feel like as a child majority of the time you're either a kid that plays with action figures or you're a kid that plays with hot wheels, right? Like you may have a little bit of, you know, back and forth,
0: but it's usually one or the, other. the sudden's
1: were that way. They showed up at my house one time with these like Dell Earnhardt cars that were probably like a foot long or so. And they're like, Hey, let's race. They're literally just kind of squatted over, holding their car, running laps around my house, rolling their car on the floor. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm too fat for this. Like my knees hurt. I'm not doing that. like, You know, here, here's some action figures we can sit at one spot and play with. But I just remember that having just a big effect on me were the same way. Like, well, we're going to talk racing. Del Earnhardt's the only way to go.
0: Right. Absolutely. And, uh, and like, as someone who didn't know anything about the sport, you knew that was the big talking point there. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Well, it's funny if you go to my parents' house now, my old room from my childhood, that I still haven't completely cleaned out all these years later. There's a shelf when you walk in my room. It's got Dale Earnhardt stuff on. It's yeah. all, like, Dale Earnhardt stuff still in the boxes, cars. I had a model car that I built for Dale Earnhardt. Like, I didn't watch the races on Sunday.
0: I remember him. My dad, when I was younger, when we lived in Micro, he mm-hmm. would um, collect the um, – they had these little race cars mm-hmm. um, with the drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you buy them for, like, $0.94 cent or something or a dollar mm-hmm. or something at Walmart. And so, like, he, he tried to collect all the drivers. Mm-hmm. And – he couldn't find Dell Earnhardt. Sure. And I remember for Christmas one year, I went to the Wilson Mall with my aunt and I saw the Dell Earnhardt mm-hmm. one in like the specialty shop. And like I paid my own money to yeah, get that's him awesome. for, 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 for Christmas one year because, that, and that like that was like in a way like the, the end of it because I don't think mm-hmm. we ever bought another car because sure. we, we got Earnhardt in that complete We had, yeah, to, we had Gordon. We didn't really want Gordon. You had to though. But, we, but um, but here in North Carolina, um, on Sundays, on 94.7, which was the country station, mm-hmm. they'd air the race every mm-hmm. Sunday, wherever, you know, Rockingham or Talladega or what, mm-hmm. wherever it was, you know, coming from. And uh, so if you like listening to country music, well, on Sundays, you're listening to the race. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like... Let's
1: well, say I have friends now that grew up in that environment that, like, that's what they do. In the same way they grew up racing go-karts and other stuff. But, yeah. like, Sunday afternoon, you're sitting down and watching the race. Like, yeah. that's what's happening. That's it. Um, and I feel like just... Even if you weren't a family that did that, so many of your friends or their families did that, that it was part of your life. And it's hard to say, like, you know, being right here in the center of it. I don't know if somebody on the West Coast would be as in-depth to say something, but you still knew who those two racers were. I would say
0: that Jeff Gordon, and I hate to say it, but I would say Jeff Gordon popularized the sport. True. Where it became a national type of sport because NASCAR, it went national in the 2000s, mm-hmm. um, like to the point where like ESPN and Fox are bidding on its rights, and it wasn't just a regional thing at that point. Uh, they were no longer the Winston Cup; they became the Sprint Cup, mm-hmm. and now I don't know what you know who the title sponsor is for their cup now, but it was the Nextel Cup at some point. Sure, I remember that. Too. Um, but for the longest time, it was the Winston Cup. I don't know what Winston mm-hmm. sold, but um, cigarettes. It yeah. might have been cigarettes, and <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> it sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, I think Jeff Gordon helped move the sport into a uh, a national popularity the same way Wayne Gretzky did it for hockey. Yeah, Jeff Gordon and his rivalry with Dale Earnhardt, mm-hmm. um, and other racers like Rusty Wallace mm-hmm. and stuff helped move that uh, and elevated their sport to you know for a while they were just the, they were one of the biggest things in the mm-hmm. 2000s and I think it all started because of Jeff Gordon. Sure. So, um, the other thing I have and this is a late addition before um we move on. Um, I was talking with uh, Chris Creech, not Mm -hmm. my dad, but um, Mm -hmm. my friend and uh, co-worker who I coach football with, Mm -hmm. and I mentioned our topic today, and he mentioned, are you going to talk about Brandy Chastain, Mia Hamm, and the 1999 Mm -hmm. U.S. Women's World Cup team? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, absolutely. He's like, you know, Brandy Chastain is known – You know, when they won the World Cup, she removed her jersey, Was Mm -hmm. you know, kind of did the slide. But he mentioned specifically his wife and a generation of young girls were inspired by that team. Um, He's like probably anyone from the age of 38 down to 25 Mm -hmm. probably remember that team um, as, you know, just the biggest women's athletes Mm -hmm. at the time. And I would tend to agree, like women's soccer in America – is growing and is huge and still growing. I mean, they've always obviously had some great teams over the past um, two decades, but I I think it all started in the late 90s with that particular team. Mia Hamm, Carolina grad. I knew she was a Carolina grad. I don't think I ever remember watching anything she did other than the World Cup, but I knew she was a Carolina grad, and I knew she was really good at soccer. Mm -hmm. She was a household name for Nike. Um, Like I mentioned, Brandi Chastain winning that, you know, with with the winning goal there uh, in 1999. uh, Just Huge names, and I think they really kind of helped kick-start the sport in America to where like men's soccer is still not really. I mean, it's getting better in popularity in America, but it's still not catching on. But I think women's soccer has definitely caught on, um, especially for uh, for young girls. And I think it all started there.
1: What's well, cool that you say that because I never really put it together. Because um, I didn't like same way I knew who they were. I couldn't tell you who single like male soccer player was at the time. Not in the nineties, no. No, but that whole team like was something that just made the new – same way Olympic teams did. But my sister is five years older than I am. Growing up, she always was a softball player. No matter what, like, all the way up until high school, she played softball. My dad coached multiple teams. Like, she was pretty good at it. But then she got to high school and didn't want to play anymore. She wanted to play soccer now. My sister never once in her entire life had played soccer. Not like in any rec leagues, nothing else. She decided, my friends are playing soccer. I'm going to try out and go out and play soccer. I remember, you know, especially in those times, like, I didn't have any other choice, but after school, you're going to your sister's soccer games. And then her being in high school, her team's like, in the same way, she graduated in 2000, so it's right around all these same times these major events are happening. You're seeing these women excel and get put on the you know, television for how great they are. Um, I remember my sister's team was an amazing team. I remember they went really far. I don't think, I don't know if they, think they won the like, National or whatever by name means. But they went far in what they did. They were very much known for being a really good soccer team. And I just remember going and starting to learn so much more at her games and being so much more interested in women's soccer because of what she did and seeing how it evolved and influenced other women to go out and do the same.
0: Here's something interesting. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong. When we were in middle school, At least my first two Mm -hmm. years, so your first year, I felt like our soccer team was co-ed. It was. I played on it. And then my eighth grade year, we had a boy soccer team and a girl soccer team.
1: I can't remember if it was co-ed and then a girl soccer team Mm -hmm. or if it was boys and girls. Because I remember I played my seventh grade year. No, seventh grade I played football. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what the world. Eighth grade year I played, and I played on a co-ed team. Okay.
0: So, the, what, what But the my,
1: girls got their own team later, I guess, in the spring. This was yeah. fall. So
0: my greater point is that was in 2000. Yeah. Like, that was right after this happened. Like, the popularity of the sport for girls' soccer grew to the point where before we had co-ed teams in middle school. Because you couldn't get enough kids to play. Cause you couldn't get enough kids to play. And now, you know, you had enough for boys and girls mm-hmm. to have their own teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I know soccer, at least in this area – North Johnston, our high school, did not have a male soccer team until the mid '90s. Mm-hmm. Our former youth pastor Daniel Adrian was a senior mm-hmm. on the first soccer team mm-hmm. um, in '96, I believe. So they got a, they must have got a girl soccer team in the late uh, '90s as well. Mm-hmm. You said your sister played on it, um, so but that's hard to believe. That was only twenty years ago. Yeah, like and like we we you know the the sport wasn't even hasn't me even been around that long. But it all got started because of the popularity that exploded mm-hmm. from Brandy Chastain, Mia Hamm, and that Women's World Cup team in 1999. So I think that's just pretty incredible to talk about. Well, it
1: is. And while we're talking about that, um, we'll go to the women's gymnastic team from the 1996 Olympics, mm-hmm. um, known as the Magnificent Seven. Yes, This, for me, and, and I go back to what I was saying earlier, Olympics, especially in 96, by the time I was at an age that I understood what it was and – I remember at night watching the Olympics at home with my family, and I remember how big this team made it. I remember seeing other athletes and everything else, but the women's gymnastic team was something that was every time it was making major news um, and everything else. The major one, like, come out when, like, Carrie Strug had hurt her ankle, and then she had to compete one more time. And she competes. She does it, lands with, like, one foot with the other one, kind of tilted up because it's broke. But she nails the landing, turns, does her pose, hits the ground and crawls off in tears because she's in pain and everything else right And just the fact of and they go on to win and they're known so well across the nation for the art same way, my sister did dance growing up. I never knew gymnastics were some giant thing. I never knew it was some big major um, athletic sport thing that you would have in the Olympics. but they made it to this you know, Multiple sports were that way for me because of the Olympics, but I remember just being making national news, same way like Michael Phelps and the swim team did later, you know, years later. Yes. Or how you really appreciate it and you got excited and rallied behind somebody. But it was the same way with these women that, you know, I'm just trying to think like Shannon Miller, um, Dominic Dahls, so many other people. And just, I don't know, I can just keep going And the same way. I don't want to just ramble and ramble, but I just remember it being a big part of my childhood. That all of a sudden, there's this new sport that I didn't know about. That technically wasn't new. It was forever. But um, just how, as a family, we would sit together and watch these ladies compete, doing things that I had no idea how on earth they could do. I went back and watched some replays today. Just to kind of freshen your memory up about this. And it put me right back at home um, in our living room watching this and watching her n- stick that landing um, and then hit the ground crying. Yes. Um, just good stuff. Uh do you have any other athletes you want to talk about before we jump in?
0: Um looking over just a list of mm-hmm. female athletes we may have missed. Uh Nancy Kerrigan in figure sure. skating. Sure. Um you know she uh most people associate her name with the Tanya Harding incident, but she, she she was a household name. Mm-hmm. Anna Cornikova in tennis. Mm-hmm. Um she never won anything like big, but she was a big name off the court. Mm-hmm. Um we already mentioned Mia Hamm. Um Let's see, like Cheryl Swoops in basketball, sure. You know, and Lisa uh, and Leslie, Lisa Leslie. I feel like
1: those two made it a giant. Um, being the person that finally got into basketball around that age, and seeing that there was an, you know, especially as the league, the women's NBA started up with that, it was life changing. Especially like as you think about sports a lot of time for women. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister in law played softball or, or did in college. You know, there's a lot of these things that male athletes go on to make tons of money and be major at, you know, major sports leagues right. or organizations versus the women didn't have nearly as many opportunities. No. And they still don't. Like, compared.
0: Comparatively, they they do
1: not. No. And um, that sucks. It does. And it's not fair. And I, but I think we're seeing more of that. We're starting to see more of, you know, some of this grow um, and more opportunities grow. But I just remember, you know, whenever she was in college being like, well, what's next? Like, she's playing this, and she's she's good at it. Like, where does she go from here? Um, and then she just, you know, once her time was done, she hangs up her cleats and does something else. But I don't know. It just kind of stinks when I thought about that. Like, I, at that absolutely. age, to be like, what's your end goal? Because as a boy growing up.
0: You have the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball.
1: There's, t- I remember telling yeah. people as a child, like, I'm going to basketball for UNC, then go play in the NBA. Like, you know, and that was me not even playing on a team. That was just me in my backyard, just playing basketball.
0: I have two more names. One uh, female athlete, Michelle Kwan.
1: Yep, I mean, totally. just,
0: I, I didn't watch figure skating, but I know who she was. Mm-hmm. And here is one athlete that I cannot believe we have not talked about. Okay, Tiger Woods. That's another one. Like he, he, he really took a sport that was like re- around for a while, mm-hmm. but
1: we took it from a sport that my dad would watch, you know, mm-hmm. to a whole other level of. Not I mean, even necessarily entertainment. Didn't even do anything crazy, but all of a no, sudden, it's whole new generation wanting to see it.
0: Let's put it this way, and let's just be real: for a long, long time, golf was a old white man mm-hmm. sport. Okay, um, you had some younger golfers, but for the most part, they were either they were Caucasian or they were European Caucasian. Um, you didn't really have a lot of African Americans in golf. Tiger Woods came in, and In a way, like Michael Jordan, popularized a sport to a whole nother group of people, Mm -hmm. to a whole whole nother culture. Um, And again, the endorsements that came with that, he also had his own brand with Nike. Mm -hmm. He had the Tiger Woods brand with Nike. Um, He had his own video game. He had his own video game, which is, you know, how, you know, for uh, (laughs) us, the video game generation, the Mm Oregon Trail generation, as I like to call Mm -hmm. us, um, that's how, you know, you knew you made it when you were in a video game. Yeah. Um, Like, he was – I mean, even today, like, he's in his 40s now, and he's obviously not as good as he once mm-hmm. was because he's had so many surgeries and so many issues. But, um, but he really made the sport popular to the point where – like, and he was so good, like, they would have to, quote, tiger-proof mm-hmm. the greens he was playing on to make it difficult for him. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, if they're making it difficult for him, they, they were making it much more difficult for everybody mm-hmm. else. Um, he um, – like, and when he was out with an injury mm-hmm. – for a year back in the uh, 2008 2009 uh, year, he was out with a knee injury. Ratings went down. Mm-hmm. Like he made the sport much more popular to the point where people were worried about mm-hmm. the sport's future after he would hang it up. So, and you're
1: seeing generations based on that that are playing now. Absolutely, you know, because if you look at a, you know, I don't do it often, but I did see pictures the other day of like some current golfers, and just to see the wide span of you still have some guys that look very similar to what it used to like when we were younger. Old white men. Um, but then you see, you know, from multiple nationalities, even just the clothes people wear is just very different now compared to what it used to be like.
0: I think, and something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, Repres- representation matters mm-hmm. it in does. all walks of life. And to see someone like Tiger Woods come in and you had a group of people who could just say, Hey, he looks like me. Mm-hmm. I can do that. Like he's representing, um, like it's just, it was an awesome thing. It really grew the sport, grew the popularity mm-hmm. of the sport, um, like you said, he's a household name, and I think we'd be remiss not to mention he got his start in the in the 90s. So. Sure. Um, but that's all I've got for you.
1: Um, so this week, we did this a little while back with the episode talking about um, arguments with our parents. A lot of you guys tuned in on, on social media this week, and it was awesome, and we really appreciate that. We also had a couple of you guys call us in and leave some messages for us about some of your favorite star athletes. So instead of doing social media shout-outs about us just reading them, we're going to listen to your messages and kind of talk about them a little bit. Here we go. So, uh, first up, we got Jordan Edgerton. Uh, let's see what he had to say about his favorite sport athletes that extended into celebrity status in the 90s.
2: First of all, Kyle, Eric, Ashley, thank y'all for letting me join the what the what part. When I think of these 90s star athletes, man, it gets my heart thumping and my blood flowing, guys. With Agassi's Backhands and grippy sweet swing swings. My goodness. Grant Keys wristers. Barry Sanders toking people out of their shoes. And time, time. And NWO just being too sweet. Chris Weber calling timeout. My Tar Heel's winning. And Michael Jordan putting daggers in everybody's heart. And, not, and last but not least, just not giving a clip
0: because Stone Cold said something. Jordan Anderson, ouch. I, l- I love that. He's like he's cutting a promo. He did. I mean, he just you know, cut a promo. on us. He just cut a promo on us. I love that. Jordan. He is mentioned super a couple of names that we didn't. Andre Agassi in tennis, mm-hmm. um, uh, and tennis, uh, and Barry Sanders, mm-hmm. um, which he was on Home Improvement. Mm-hmm. He was. I mean, like Tim Allen would mm-hmm. have all the Detroit athletes come on Home mm-hmm. Improvement. So. Uh, Chris Weber mm-hmm. um, played for uh, University of Michigan, mm-hmm. um, and he's in sports, he's known for calling a timeout when they didn't have one, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which led to North Carolina winning their second, no, third national championship in 1993. Uh, good call, Jordan. I, yeah. I, I love it. It's fantastic. I just
1: love it, how excited you are, and I'll be honest, when we first announced this episode, I was like, Jordan would love this. Yes. And he even's like, man, this is me. You should let me on the episode. And then, honestly, we even talked about it before we get started we would have thought about it a little bit earlier, it probably would been good just to have Jordan here, but I'm glad he at least called us in and left us a message um, with some of his favorites. Uh, moving on to Kevin Strickland, old Kevo. He called and left us uh, a message. Same way, he was one of the first person I thought about. He's always been into sports. Um, and so it's just cool to see what he had to say. So go ahead, Kevo.
3: Hello there. Kevin Strickland here. Long-time listener, first-time caller. When talking about the top athletes in the 90s who had a global impact, it's safe to say every list would have Michael Jordan or at the top. And mine definitely does. Getting to an age where sports would dominate my youth, he was the end-all, be-all in the sports world. But the 90s provided so many superstars across the sports, with some of my favorites being Wayne Gretzky, who had an amazing career and was finishing up by the late 90s. One of my all-time favorites from the NFL, Mr. Barry Sanders to the guy who I'd always try and imitate as I stepped into the batter's box as a kid, being the kid himself, King Griffey Jr. And as the 90s were coming to a close, my friends and I would be glued to the TV every Monday night as the Monday Night Wars were in action in the wrestling world led by one of the biggest superstars at the time, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Looking back on it now and being a fan of wrestling during that time period, It was amazing to see how big of a presence he actually had. And if I can finish it off from the man himself. And that's the bottom line, the stone cold said So
0: that's fantastic. Um, Kevo, you got a natural voice. He does. Very calm, collected, Mm -hmm. was able to get his thoughts across um i think he had all the points that we hit, did um they were fantastic
1: next time we may just let our listeners just play their things and just be like okay cool y'all gots covered it you did a great job
0: we're taking the week off y'all handle mm-hmm. it we'll have a listener episode mm-hmm. cal didn't
1: ramble for 45 <laughs> minutes and instead we just cut it straight to the <laughs> eric point.
0: didn't quote hamilton and mean girls the entire <laughs> time <laughs> uh
1: next up lewis edwards he called in and left us a quick message i thought about lewis because he's my cousin so obviously i thought so about his related on. to you he is but um it's the same way. I mean, you're older than him and we went through a lot of the same things. Like he played sports. So I played sports and so we played against each other at certain ages. Um, but I do remember us sitting together, watching games at his house and pretending to be superstars playing outside of his house. So let's see what Lewis had to say.
3: Hey, this is Lewis Edwards. Uh, wanted to leave a quick note about one of my idols from the nineties. Uh, the man Sting now, you might not think he's a, an athlete per se, but I would argue that he is. And he's certainly probably the first person to ever inspire me to want to beat somebody with a baseball bat. But of course, I would never do that. But um leaving it open for discussion.
1: He honestly surprised me. I was figuring, because Lewis played football a lot growing up, mm-hmm. uh, and I just, I, same way, he was the one that played football, I just didn't care about football. Uh, so, But it surprised me. But thinking about it, going back to it, it was something that he and I shared together was wrestling. Yeah. Getting together and playing. I remember playing, um, I think it was WWF In Your House Mm -hmm. on PlayStation, the original PlayStation. Um, And then I remember when Nitro came out on the video game and we played that together. It made me think back to to even Halloween. Like as a child, we were talking about sports stuff. There's tons of times you would dress up as your favorite athlete, as your favorite Halloween costume, you know, for that year. I remember going dressed as Sting one year, and I remember we would always go to my grandparents' house in Pine Level, and they'd have, like, hay bales stuck out in the front yard with, you know, decorations or whatever. I remember being, you know, he is dressed up as somebody else, and I don't remember who, but we were hiding behind the uh, hay bales. Mm -hmm. A family came up to the door, and as they're coming back, me and Louis come out and just shoot a whole match Yes. wrestling each other with ended end of me hitting him with a plastic bat over and over. That's awesome. And this family with their scared little child running away.
0: You've told this story before, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's the great memories you have. And I'll be honest. It's, it's like, a great story.
1: There's tons of times that I look back <laughs> on our history, and, like, I was a jerk to Lewis sometimes, just to being honest, like looking back and seeing that. And it's just part of life where you, you grow and you say, you know what? You know, I shouldn't have done that or acted that way. But there are certain times of stuff like this. Where we had a great bond over things with athletes, with sports. I remember us – you know, having matching Carolina Tar Heel, you know, outfits that we always wore everywhere. Mm-hmm. Same with just sports in general, going and playing basketball with each other, playing baseball with each other. Um, I don't know. Just, it's cool to share that type of bond with a relative. And then just also, you both lived through this time period that shows we didn't grow up necessarily just playing video games all the time with each other. Um, video games is what we did once it got dark and we didn't have, you know, couldn't play outside anymore. So we came in and played with each other. Um, any thoughts on Sting? Him? Anybody else?
0: Yeah, you know, Sting was recognizable because of the ma- uh, the face paint. Mm-hmm. And um, you had two I- iterations of the Sting. Well, actually three, but mm-hmm. um, you had your surfer Sting in mm-hmm. the early 90s. Um, then you had the crow Sting mm-hmm. with the white face paint. Mm-hmm. And then you had the wolf Sting with the red face paint. Mm-hmm. And um, he, like I said, he was just instantly recognizable. I remember seeing people, I can't remember who it was, who had a Sting-like little mask. Mm-hmm. Like, you had the face mask, you had the yeah, mask, the mask that, you had know, the little string around mm-hmm. the back that you could easily snap or whatever, it's a little plastic mask. Yep, I had one. And I broke uh, it. <laughs> and yeah, and that those were, like, you know, just awesome. Like, you just, um, yeah, Sting was fantastic. Uh, definitely good representation of what we liked in the 90s, mm-hmm. for sure.
1: Well, it's anyway. Lewis sent me that today, and then he sent me a picture and was like, you hey, know, because you and I, we stay up to date somewhat on wrestling. We don't watch it every week, but, you know, we kind of are in the loop about what's happening. Yeah. Um. He'd sent me a picture, he's like, dude. This is from 2017, and he looks just as young as what he used to. It's like he hasn't aged a bit. And I was like, "Well, honestly, he just started wrestling with AEW in the past like couple months, and I sent him a picture of him now.
0: He he wrestled his first match in five years this past Sunday. Yeah, so
1: that's why I sent a picture of that. I was like, and honestly, he doesn't look much older than what he used to. Now his hair's thinning out a little bit, but he's
0: 61, looks like he's in his 30s.
1: Yeah. Um, and our last caller today, Mister mailman himself, Michael Thompson. The mailman. I coined that nickname you did. for him, by the way. You did. Give um, you the credit.
0: Well, it was Carl Malone's nickname. It was. But I thought it would fit him better because every time he was on the court, he delivered. He
1: like did. mailman. Well, today he delivered right to our voicemail. So let's see what he had to say.
2: What's going on? What the What Podcast. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Michael Thompson here. I just wanted to share a few of my favorite athletes from the 90s with you guys. Uh, I think any conversation – about sports stars in the 90s has to begin with the greatest basketball player to ever play the game, Mr. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Uh, He's definitely reached beyond that sports status into a cultural icon at this point. I mean, his reach on the world today is as present as it was, if not more, 20 years ago. Um, I mean, people from all around the world, including myself, wait in line on Saturday mornings waiting for the newest retro colorway of his Jordan brand sneakers that he wore back in the nineties, you know, he played in 20 years ago and people are still waiting in line today to buy those shoes. Um, I don't think we'll ever see quite a journey like he led those Bulls teams on in the nineties ever again. Yeah, there are players who have won more championships, but just his story and the Bulls story of winning three championships, taking a year off to play baseball and then picking right back up where he left off in 1995 and winning three more championships like he never even left the game. I don't think you'll ever hear that again or see something like that again. And uh, the Last Dance documentary that was released this past year proves that people that they still, you can't get enough of that story. Not only him, but Scotty Pippen, Dennis Rodman, uh, Phil Jackson, that whole entire Bulls organization. So, for me, Jordan numero uno above all else. I mean, he's the number one in my book. But I can't forget to mention Ken Griffey Jr. He was my favorite baseball player growing up. He had the smoothest home run swing I've ever seen, and he just made it look so cool wearing that Seattle Mariners hat backwards, just playing the game, having a good time, and just teaching kids what it's all about, you know, just have fun out there. Um, I also love watching Derek Jeter, Barry Bonds, Deion Sanders, Tiger Woods, and I can go on and on and on, but I'll stop there. Shout out to you guys, Kyle, Eric, Ashley. love the show. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say about this. Bye.
0: You know, I love Michael. He, he's fantastic. Um, it's it's really cool to hear um, him sharing his memories. Because uh, I remember, I mean, you were closer with him than I was, but I, I had a really close friendship with him too, especially in, uh, in high school and post-high school. Mm-hmm. Um, just hearing him, you know, go on about the same things that I remember um, us enjoying as we were growing up. Um, I think it's um, – I think it's really kind of like ironic. Like, doesn't he have actual like communication, like, like a background? Like, then he he shadowed like Jeff Gravely for his senior did. project? Mm-hmm. I feel like he could he could have been on this podcast too, and it would have been fantastic. I mean, we should invite him on sometime,
1: and we'll have to do one of like sports and just have him and Jordan yeah. just come on, and we'll go. Yeah, you
0: know, we'll, we'll we'll go grab a burger or something. Yeah, we'll hang out <laughs> so in the room we'll and just listen and see what
1: they <laughs> say. Um, but uh,
0: yeah, Michael, uh, fantastic job, dude. I, I enjoyed that a lot.
1: So. And he he brought up a good uh a point with that. We talked so much about the you know the Bulls organization from that time period. If you go back, you know they did come out with that documentary series, The Last Dance.
0: Yes, came out last year. It got me through the first part of uh, COVID.
1: Yeah, and it was great. Fantastic. Um, it was a great series. It tells you a lot about the team, um, and just so much more than we even knew, than you know from before. And he's got the great point that it shows how important it still is today yes. and how many people still talk about it for them to take that time and not just make a quick-hour documentary, but a
0: multi hour 10-hour yeah. documentary. Um, and five years ago, um, they did, um, or it might have been four years ago, they did a, the Dream Team documentary, mm-hmm. which was just as good. Sure. Um, and, uh, again, just showed their impact on the sport and in culture mm-hmm. is still long-lasting uh, even to today. Mm-hmm. I um, think that's it. I th- yeah, I think I'm that's it. I'm sure we can um, pull up
1: another, like, list of more athletes, and I could talk for 45 minutes about nothing, you know, and ramble and well, think of words and not quite get them out. But it's okay.
0: Well, Jordan, Kevo, uh, Lewis, and Michael, the mailman, Thompson. we thank you for joining in with your voicemails. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoyed those. Uh, it's a really neat little thing. Um I know. Usually, we have Ashby on that line, mm-hmm. so we were able to kind of include it as part of our podcast and not do a post edit like I had to do mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Well, it didn't have to do, but I chose to do sure. a couple of weeks ago. But it was just really cool to have. Uh, you know, that is an option. And as um, you know, I've gotten my first uh, shot of the vaccine. Mm-hmm. You've gotten your first mm-hmm. shot of the vaccine. Ashby's gotten hers. We'll all be getting our second shot in a couple of weeks, and then we should all be back in you know the same area recording. We can do some more voicemails sure. once we free up that line. So I think that's really awesome to kind of something to look forward to, uh, for certain topics like this one.
1: And even so coming forward, I think, you know, for Marvel movies, there's tons, everybody, it's the same yeah. way we said the sports for nineties, you know, giant thing. Marvel movies are, are current things. The 2000s,
0: 2010s. And yeah. so
1: we definitely would love to hear from you all in the future. Um, if you ever see a topic we're talking about and you really want to talk about it, reach out, we'll reach we'd out love to have you.
0: We'll, we'll, we'll add you in for sure. For so, sure. Uh, well, with that said, we want to thank Ricky Lyles, who uh, was our producer and for all of his, you know, general contributions to our podcast. Uh, we also want to thank you, the listener, for being part of our journey into pop culture nostalgia and general fandom, into all the things that we like. Next week, Ashby's coming back, right? She's coming back. <laughs> Ashby, you're coming back, if right? She's not. We're not at all. She will be back as we jump back into the running the Infinity Gauntlet, uh, 2016's Doctor Strange. Um, what a strange movie! Mm-hmm. No, no, fun intended. No, it is. Um, what's your name, uh, Mister? It's Doctor. Mister Doctor? No, it, it's strange. Huh. Well, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be jumping into that movie. Uh, looking forward to that. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. As Stuart Scott would say on 90 Sports Center, mm-hmm. stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. We'll see you next week. What the what? Bye.